Blog Talk Radio. Listeners around the globe, it is 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the United States, and tonight is another episode of Fright Talk, and our topic tonight is disappearances. May 7, 2021. I am here joined with my brother from another mother. He is Nadine Tapsh, and we got a Fright Talk, guys, and we are super excited you're joining us tonight for the topic again titled Disappearances. If at any time you'd like to speak with us during this live podcast, you can call us at 347-539-5372. Again, you can call in at 347-539-5372. And we know that you're not shy in our inboxes and social media, but we're going to give, them the, give you those handles nonetheless. Our email addresses are everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frighttalkguys at gmail.com. Or the Dean has his, his, his Instagram open. Please forward your messages, DM him, drop him a line via N as in N, as in Nadim, T as in Tom, A-B-S-C-H. That is his handle. We're super excited. And just to remind you what the show is about tonight, you know, a quick run to the supermarket or planned vacation may end strangely. Even today, people can just disappear, whether by choice or by force. And tonight, we're going to be talking about disappearances. Obviously, we'll cover the great stuff, the more popular stuff, but perhaps we'll have some other hidden gems that you may not have heard of as well. And we're going to learn a lot together. And also, we want to hear of your stories and your favorites, and also not so favorites, because we do understand that this may touch a very special nerve with some individuals, especially with those families who are out there who may be suffering from the loss of a missing person. So our hearts go out to you, and by no means are we ridiculing those challenges or episodes. We're just looking at it from the Focus of horror and suspense, the fascination, and, and also the horrific reality of what disappearances do and bring to our society. And Nadine, when, when we chose this topic a couple months ago, I mean, every topic that we've been doing, we've had so much fun in 2021, brother. And yeah. the topics get really good. And we grow as, as speakers and thinkers yeah. and creators on this stuff. You know, so when you think of a disappearance, right, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of just to disappear, Nadine? What comes to mind for you? Just to disappear, not in the context we're going to talk about it today, just to right. disappear, the meaning of the word. To me, the meaning of the word disappear, um, I, it's to vanish. Disappear to me means mm-hmm. nobody knows where you are. You may not want to be known. You may not want it to be known where you are, so you may disappear because you want to. But just not being in your life the way you regularly would, to me, is a, a disappearance. Or not being in other people's lives that you're in their lives daily. That's a disappearance to me. And when it comes to disappearances, there is a there's definitely a horrific element to it because there's a mm-hmm. mystery involved. Every mm-hmm. disappearance is a mystery. 
what happened. Sometimes those cases get solved. More often than not, they do not. And if they do, it's not in a positive way, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's such a vast field when it means to disappear. And I know sometimes people are like, oh, I wish I could just disappear because they're stressed out or whatever. But to me, disappear literally means vanished. Poof. Gone. Yeah. I mean, yep. what, what insights in your mind when you hear the word disappear? I think the, the, the fact, like you said, not only vanishing, but the fact is there is undone business or activities of that person. And when, when people pass away, we get closure through death, right? Whether we accept it or not, whether it be right. through natural causes or through tragedy. But death is very finite, right, in, yeah. in, in that regard. But when you have, missed, when, when you have a person who disappears or, or, or even a pet, because it can even be pets that disappear, right? It leaves a void. And it's very hard to live and sleep because you always hold on to hope. I mean, even in moments of anguish, we all hold on to that hope that things or something will return to us. But when they don't, it could be very, very sad. And it can also create other, the onset of other challenges too, from depression and all other substance abuses. As I've, as I've read in some of these cases, you know, we, we're talking about the focus tonight of the, fo- you know, the disappearances of individuals. You know, we really, now that I'm thinking about it, we're really not covering, and we want to make sure that our audience members know we're not, we're not just only focusing, we're, we're focusing on those individuals, but we don't know the stories of the people who dealt with it. We may know the right. legal cases or the, you know, the law enforcement's point of view, but we don't know what the families have endured. So it's a lot. Right. It's, a lo- it's a super cool thing. But think about this, Nadine. When we go to the store, and you do this all the time, and I do it too, we live with significant others. Even yep. if I'm going down the street, hey, I'm going down the street, I'm just going to go get some yeah. gas. Because mm-hmm. yeah. a lot can happen when you go down that street. That's right. You know, or, or not even return home. A lot can happen to people. So it's not about us, you know, having to be checked in or checked on with individuals. A lot can happen and people can just disappear, even yes, in the 21st century. I agree with you. And I think that all of us, when we fall into a routine in our daily lives, when it comes to work, gym, whatever the case mm-hmm. is, that routine, there, so there's a pattern to that, right? right? And we almost go through this routine hypnotized. Okay, when I say hypnotize is we get up in the morning, we do our routine, we get ready, we go to work, we do our thing. We're in this hypnotic pattern of the routine. So oftentimes if we're caught off guard or something breaks that routine, it kind of throws things in a whirl for us in general. And I think that happens to a lot of people. Um, In a lot of cases, as people are connected now with their cell phones and, and, what, and, and through social media, of course, you know, there's been many stories, Billy, that you and I know about that somebody disappears and law enforcement is able to at least track which direction they were going from the pings of their phone when somebody mm-hmm. sent them a text message mm-hmm. or somebody called them. So that has been a helpful tool as well. But, yeah, I, and I, I almost want to say that I believe – that disappearances happen a lot more than people think because for every story we hear in the news of a disappearance, there's 10 others around the world that we never hear about. And that to me is the scary part. Yeah. And the most popular story when people think of disappearances, the one that first comes to mind for me is Amelia Earhart. Um, yeah. One of the very popular story of the first, a woman who wanted to be the first woman to fly a plane around the world and it was not until the recent years, we don't know what, you know, folks don't know what happened to her. 
And it is alleged after, you know, through much investigation that she was perished at sea. She landed somewhere, crashed somewhere in the Pacific. And that was the end of her journey. And so, but her story is still resonates with people. And in a way it gives women this, you know, especially women today, you know, this understanding, I can do anything. You know, this is not just a man's world, it's a woman's world too, but she perished. I don't know if that was entirely her intent and all of that in that, at right, that time. Right. But even still, she took on something. And think about this. A lot of the disappearing cases that we know, there are some today that we're going to get to in, in a few moments, I'm sure. But many of the ones that I came across in my research, and I'm sure you may, may have seen this too, they were in the 20th century. Early 20th century, you know, a lot yeah. was going on. I mean, yeah. we even throw in there Jimmy Hoffa, <laughs> Another yeah, Jimmy Hoffa. great example. I don't want to talk too much about Hoffa though. Uh, okay, let's, so you know let's what? leave he that alone. Your house, that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, let's leave Hoffa right where he's at, <laughs> wherever it's at. I don't want to get into Hoffa too much for anybody listening. We are not trying to find out any type of information. <laughs> but Nadine, the one story that I did find interesting was the one about Natalie Holloway. So don't know if you oh, came yeah. across hers. She was in a yes, I'm very familiar with trip, the story. Yes, and that was in the 2000, early 2000s, I think 2005. Mm-hmm. And she got lost, and then there was the footage of the the family. Apparently, that there, there was the last footage of her getting or being seen with some male um, folks of the town. Yeah. And one of them that began to exploit the family, say, "I know where her body is, and if you don't return this or give me money, we're gonna do this." But the guy who ended up doing this, by the way, ended up getting caught for another girl um, having um, en- enslaved or taken advantage of a Peruvian young lady, and he was brought to justice for that. And so. These 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 stories are very sad, and it's and, and and I've noticed that they're very universal generically too, whether they be male or women. But the female stories are interesting. I find the ones where the females have disappeared have been to me more intriguing than the male stories. It seemed like the male mm-hmm. the men were just picked off and you never heard of again. But the right. females had some other more interesting um, layers to their story or their backstory that just makes it even more mysterious to explore. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that one of those, the, one of those reasons is that it is more common for, uh, we would hear more commonly, a man would say that they would want to go find themselves and live out in the wilderness and kind of disappear before a woman would. Right. I'm not saying a woman would, and I'm just saying it's just more common for a man to do it. In the case of Natalie Holloway, um, the gentleman that was eventually arrested for another crime, um, he was the so this took place in Aruba. Her disappearance. He was mm-hmm. the son of a prominent judge in Aruba, and essentially, he was never held for any type of he was never held to any type of real justice for the disappearance of Natalie Holloway. And I know that they recorded him secretly on a cell phone video that came out years after, where he admitted to it, saying that they'll never find the body. Whatever the case is, I know he's in jail for something else now, but. There's definitely, you know, you mentioned earlier in the show, it's the families, the families that have to live with this every day. Mm-hmm. You know, there is so many, um, there is so many ways that we could look at this and say people are people, groups of people disappear all the time. Billy, you and I did a show on Roanoke where a hundred people disappeared and we found no traces of them. And I mean literally disappeared where there is no traces of them. The Bermuda Triangle. People are constantly, for throughout years and years, people disappear throughout the Bermuda Triangle. That's right. uh, to the point where that we know that it has that, that 
sort of eerie element to it. And so I think that there's spots in history in which we say we kind of almost accept that, oh, yeah, there's 100 people that disappeared in Roanoke. Oh, yeah, if you go to the Bermuda Triangle, you get lost and you never are heard from again, almost as if it's commonplace and almost as if we've accepted that as, as being okay in those particular situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's a story, you remind me of a story of a lady. Her name was Karen Moore, and she disappeared in the Michigan um, mountains in the forest area, the pictured rocks area. And people, they sent a serious search of 73,000 acres trying to find this woman. Never found her. Only for her two weeks later to find her way stumbling home. Yes. Wow. She actually popped up. It's like, where were you? And she claims all these weird things were happening to her. And interesting enough, a lot of folks have, when, when you're at your last resort, you know, what do we do? You turn to, some folks will turn to a number of things. They'll turn to mediums and, you know, yes. psychics to try yes. to find things. They would, they find strings, they go and try to look at the area and try to read symbolically at different things and spaces, just like a, 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 a crime detective scene, a detective would do. There are so many things of hope. What hope would drive you to crazy because, but then what if you don't want to be found? What if you purposely disappeared, never to want to be found for some right. reason? And I've read, come across a couple of those cases as well, where there's some individuals who actually were found years later and said, no, I purposely ran away because I just wanted to have a new life. I mean, yeah. that's hurtful too. I don't know if it's, I mean, look at the pain you endured for other folks for your own personal gain, right? And yeah. so it's, and, and Nadine, one more thing. We know the story that happened right here in Hollywood, right here in South Florida, we have yeah. a story uh-huh. of the young lady who got on the uh, plane, I mean, got on the bus. And she went to some natural preserve area here in, in, our, in, our, in, in, the, in the other county and then just disappeared. But yet recently her phone was turned on and she was trying to text or someone is texting her friend, strategically between her friends saying I'm okay and making connection, but then turning the phone off. And then they later discover in the recent development of that story, they're discovering that she goes to a religious church. She was part of this very religious group. And there were some issues which she may have been having mentally, some mental issues or capacities for her, of her own kind, health-wise. So there is all this now backstory that's coming out. And the church has been one of the main ones, along with the family, trying to push to find her. But the girl, this, this young lady, I shouldn't call her a girl because she's over 20, but she doesn't seem to want to be found. So it's kind of weird, you know. That's a weird case, and it's right here in our own backyard. In a lot of cases, Billy, you touched upon a great point. In a lot of cases that we've looked at, a lot of the files and stuff like that mm-hmm. that we've explored, oftentimes I've noticed that law enforcement, one of the first things that they consider is maybe this person doesn't want to be found. And listen, I don't think that there's anything wrong with anybody. If somebody says, I want to walk away from whatever I got going on, that's fine. But if you have family and people who depend on you, if you have a job, there's no reason why you can't be forthright and say, I want to go and be on my own. I don't want to be found. I'm letting it be known. So you don't think something grave happened to me. Uh, there's a selfish element when people don't do that, by the way. If yeah. you want to go find yourself, yep. go find yourself. But there's a very selfish element because what you're doing is while you're going finding yourself, hugging a tree or doing whatever it is that you're doing, uh, your family and uh, your friends, your coworkers, uh, they're worried sick and that's just not fair it's not, not it fair. isn't it isn't no. and folks um, you're listening 
You all gonna do what you wanna do it, brother? Go ahead, go, you got go, it. Go, go. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting on a roll here tonight. We're so excited. I know, I know, no, go ahead, it's, go ahead. Hey, it's 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 already a quarter in, folks. If you want to chat with us, call us at three four seven five three nine five three seven two. Again, that's three four seven five three nine five three seven two. And your my inbox is beginning to buzz here already, Nadim. Um, our inbox email address is everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com, and in tabs, T-A-B-S-D-H, on Instagram. Slide into DMs, folks. Nadim, quick thought for you before we move on for, to some of these questions. Mm-hmm. I wrote a short story recently that actually echoes. It's, it's, it, I'm, I'm taking the story of something a friend told me that happened to him on a recent run. He's a marathon trainer. And I kind of combined it with the episode of Joe Keller. Joe Keller in, in 2015 was running. He went for a morning run in the Rocky, in, in, in the Rocky, in Colorado, and never was seen or heard from again. And I took that story but added it to my friend's story, who I don't know if I told you this, but he said he was on a run. He's in um, North Carolina, and he went on his run, and all of a sudden a guy just came up, like he was running at seven, six in the morning. And, you know, mm-hmm. speed lights were on, and he was on his regular route. His family and friends always say, you should try to change your running route just because you never right. know maybe watching you. Right, and so right. sure enough, this guy, he was on a corner. He was running, and all of a sudden, um, he was running. He passed the guy. The guy waved at him. He waved, and he kept running. All of a sudden, the guy started running right on him and hot-tailing him the entire mile, a mile. And he, he was screaming, screaming, help me. Like, no one at any time in the morning was out. At, the, at least the route he was going, he ended up running into the local university. He tried to get, you know, he couldn't stop enough. He, he, he tried to get to a police, um, like it was a, like the campus police to stop. And he kept running. The guy was still on him. He said he could feel him breathing on him. That's how close he was running behind him. And then finally he ran into a building or a facility where a student, a student spillout area, a common mm-hmm. area. And that's when he, there was a staff there and the guy just ran off in another direction. And so, well, you know, a great example goes here. I'm listening to Joe Keller's story, and then he's telling me this. His name is Chris, and he's a high school principal, by the way, this guy I'm referring to. He's telling me this story, and I'm like, wow, you could have very well ended up and become another story, a disappearing story. Yeah. Had things, if, if he had just skipped a, a, a beat or stumbled or it started raining, or, there was so much, or the guy pulled out a weapon, perhaps. Who knows? Right, right. You never know if he was A lot intention. can happen. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you. You never know. And that's why, listen, I'm a very firm believer in you always have to have your guard up. You need to be aware of your surroundings. You can't be lollygagging, especially when you're in the streets, especially nowadays, wherever you are. And I know if you're exercising or you're walking, I mean, you know, you're, you're more focused on just kind of that release. But folks out there listening, you should always be aware of your surroundings, uh, what's around you, your surroundings. I mean, Billy, you've seen me. We've been in yep. places and I'm constantly looking around just because right. I want to take, you know, I want to make sure what's going on around me and behind me. So, yeah, Absolutely. No, definitely. Absolutely. And I think, um, I think especially with a lot of disappearances, um, and, and I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that in some cases, perhaps maybe people just let their guard down. And so uh, we have some, we have a few questions here, Billy, but I have this one question, Billy, that. I'm going to read it to you, and I want to hear your response. Violet says, one of my favorite disappearances is the one about Roanoke. Have you guys heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> no, Violet. Never heard of the place. <laughs> you know, Violet, 
you know, Nadine spilled it a little earlier, actually. We, that was our, one of our earlier episodes in late 2019 was about Roanoke. And we talked a lot about it. And it was around Thanksgiving, like the November time. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked extensively about the st- story and several of the speculations related to it, from folks being beamed away by aliens to the Indian com- uh, colonies that may have adopted and, and brought in those individuals from the colony because they were also sick. They were, you know, experiencing famine and, and hunger. And so they befriended and left and had to go for a better way of life or they were, they were murdered. No one knows. And yeah. we, we did speak about how what's neat is that Ryan Murphy likes to take these true, take these, take these true, true stories and make them American horror story classics. But there is a truth to it. Absolutely. I think Roanoke is a great story and I'm very grateful that, whether it be Ryan Murphy or historians have really brought it back to life. Yeah. And Violet, the fact that you asked about Roanoke means that you're, you're our type of person. So here's what I want yep. you to do because you're our type of person. If you enjoy Roanoke and you're enjoying this show, what I'd like you to do is go to iTunes and Google Play and hear some of our previous shows because I think you would absolutely enjoy it. And that goes for everybody, folks. The Roanoke show was a great show. and we really It was deep into it so yes but first of all violet thank you for your question thank you for listening but yes definitely you should check out that show and we have a lot of shows that i think if you're intrigued by the mystery of disappearances and roanoke i think you'd be intrigued by some of the other horror topics that we've covered indeed something interesting for you to know though I, according to the new york post in a 2020 article it says that 92 percent of um disappearance disappearance cases are actually you know uncovered people are found like right. there is, is very few that folks are not found because runaways do that. There are a lot of runaway cases. Yeah. You know, you're not reporting back or you disappear after 24 hours. Anybody can be a runaway, right, or disappearance. And so, um, and there are these, these bounty hunters or detectives whose specialization is, is to find these folks and bring them in. And I think, let me ask this question to you. Do you feel, what's more interesting to you, to ro- watch a movie about a true case or to just, see a, a crime story about a disappearance in a fictional standpoint? Like, which one creeps I, you out more? Well, the real deal creeps me out more. Okay. The real deal creeps me out more because it's something that actually happened, whereas, you know, a movie that's not based on truth could be derived from true stories, but doesn't necessarily mean that it happened. Yeah. Um, disappearance stories with no update, no closing, no, no nothing resolved, that to me is a lot creepier and more intriguing. And, you know, in a lot of these circumstances, you know, somebody's here one moment, literally gone the next. A lot of those cases also have some peculiar happenings leading mm-hmm. up to the events of the person disappearing. And in some cases, they don't at all. You know, we, we know that unfortunately people go missing because people are kidnapping them or maybe they got hurt somewhere or whatever they, you know, whatever the case is. But, uh, for me, I enjoy the real deal. What about you, mm-hmm. Billy? I like the real stuff. I just feel that whenever I see the crime stories that are, I mean, some of them are super cool. I guess I'm more okay with the fiction, uh, like the horror being the fiction. Let me have my horror in the fiction world. And if it's going to be a true crime, if it's going to be a crime story, I like what it's bent on the original. Just like that case of the, the story of the lady at, at the Cecil Hotel that Netflix turned into, I forgot yes, the name of the show. Yes. We were just Alicia watching Lamb. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and cre- like at first I was like, do I really want to watch this cuz I've seen the videos on YouTube. <laughs> and then here I am, I'm find myself clicking on YouTube 
I mean, not, not YouTube, uh, Netflix, and I'm actually watching an episode and listening to the story. And that to me is crazy. I mean, not, uh, you've seen the footage, right? The video footage. I have, I have, I've and, seen all four, it's four yeah. or four and a half minutes of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, and then for her to be found on the top, you know, and the people were complaining about there was a, a bad, weird case in the border of the hotel. I mean, this is a crazy story. And it didn't seem like, according to the, the background, it didn't seem like there was any um, history or trauma. You know, there are other cases like that, too, of individuals um, who just, you know, went, lost it. You know, how, how close yeah. are we to yeah. the point of no return? We don't know. Yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, really, about these stories, they just draw you in. They just they draw do. you in because they you're do. like, you see that video clip of uh, Elisa Lamb in the, the Cecil Hotel, the Netflix show, and you, you watch it, and you're like, wait a second. Wait, that that was weird. She was That whole elevator scene was weird, and you rewatch it, and there are people depicting on YouTube, they're depicting piece by piece what they think happened, and looking at it, and you're just looking at it, and you're like, okay, wait, I, I, I kind of need to see this again, because it's almost, it is so out of the ordinary that you're trying to, you're trying to link and connect what's out of the ordinary with her disappearance. Mm-hmm. And also, too, for the, I mean, the elevator door to be held open. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. Well, so, I mean, what was going on there? There are just all these layers. And then also the camera footage. You know, we, we, we live in a world of 4, 4K today, or at least 1,100 you know, uh-huh. pixels. But there is, so there is all that grainy stuff. I love, you know, I, I think they did a good job. Netflix did a good job making a docuseries of that, the group who did it. Good job. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, intriguing, you know, very mm-hmm. intriguing. Mm-hmm. All right, Billy, I got something here for you, and this one is from Maria. Maria, thank you for listening. It says, why do many people in America disappear into the wilderness? Do you think this is the same in other countries? I think yes. What country, Nadim, is the one that has the suicide force? The Japanese – is it the Japanese suicide force? I think, it, I think so, yeah, yeah. It's an Asian is culture, it, yeah. and it's – Folks go there to kill themselves, like the suicide force. What a crazy idea. Because in the wilderness, people, it, it, it's kind of weird. If I, I guess it's, it's less messy if you're out there. You can return to nature if you're, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's a yeah. weird thing why people do it. But in America, believe it or not, a lot of the disappearing cases are actually from, you know, you know are, are actually from there. Can you hear me? You can hear me, yeah. by the way, right? I can hear you fine. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's weird. Why do people go in the wilderness? It's, it's kind of like what we discussed. You said it a couple months ago about the Everglades story. I love that story. I want to write that story, by the way. And it's, it's, but you weren't there for that. You were just there to go to explore the Everglades and just hang out. Right. It's in your own backyard. Right. It was literally not something you do every day. Right. And right. so that there are folks who, who are okay and love to commune with nature. I think it's super cool. I'm also super creeped out from it. And so people do go to the wilderness because it is a way of connecting and returning to nature, even if you don't want to return. It's just weird. Yeah. And, you know, the wilderness has, and we've talked about this so many times on the show, and we have a show dedicated to the, to the forest and the hauntings of the forest and things like that. The wilderness is just so vast. And, and the suicide forest, by the way, I was looking it up. It is in Japan. Uh, and also I know that there is a lot of, for, there's a lot of hen, uh, dense, heavy forests in Russia. 
Okay, and, and of course in the United States, but sure. you got to remember, and, and Maria's question, it's it's so valid because it is so vast, it is easy to get lost. The same way somebody can get lost in the ocean, they can get lost in the wilderness. And I think some in some cases people want to get lost, and I think in other cases people end up lost in the wilderness or taken to the wilderness because it's such a it's such a vast place and a hard area to cover. So I think that's what it is. I think it's just it's, people can easily disappear because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a lot of land. You're talking about a very dense area. Um, and no it's cell very, towers. very easily. Yeah, no <laughs> cell towers. And it's very easily to get lost. So, yes, Maria, I, I do think it's the same in other countries. Um, and I just think that it's so vast. That's why so many people uh, disappear into the wilderness. In some cases, they go on their own and they, you know, they get hurt um, and then they can't make it back or they need some sort of medical aid or they, they, they run out of food and then they just can't make it back or they're attacked by some animal or something along those lines. So thank you for your question, Maria. We appreciate it. And Adine, got one for you. Walter asks, some disappearances revolve around an old legend like a witch. Have you heard of any good ones? <laughs> All right. So, what was the person's name? Walter? Walter. Walter, don't go after my don't go after my witches, Walter. I like my witches. <laughs> witches are getting a bad rap here, all right? Witches are good they're good people and they're good entities for the most part. Um listen, I I think we all grew up with the Hansel and Gretel stories and stuff like that. I can't tell you of one in particular where, you know, uh, that's a real story that I've heard of or even urban legends of, you know, witch taking children or, or whatever the case is. No, not really. Like I said, I love my witches. They're good people. So definitely not. But um, I think it's easier. And Billy, tell me if you agree with me. Do you think it's easier to just blame an entity or a person or a group of people for something that's unexplained? You know, think, like, yeah. hey, it's, it's a witch's fault because we can't find so-and-so, or is it, you know, Bigfoot's fault because they kidnapped so You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. It is. In fact, I think we a good example of that is the Blair Witch story, right? Right. And so Blair Witch in itself is based on some tales of this woman that I believe was made up. <laughs> um, but I can't recall which, but it was so well articulated in terms of and creatively promoted using internet that people thought it was so real, right? And so it's easy to turn it on to witches. Poor witches, we, we talked about that last September. They get the, the, the short end of the stick, right? And yeah. But there are some other legends. Folks do blame Big, Bigfoot or Chupacabra mm-hmm. yeah. for certain things too, you know, from right. cattle disappearing to people and yeah. um, or running into all kinds of tailypole things out there in the world. Um, right. So there are some legends that are out there that are specific. And even, you know, one another one about disappearance, you know, the, the Mothman prophecy, which oh, is yeah, another Mothman. one. Of course. Yeah. So there were some folks have, you know, some folks were actually, I guess those folks were more murdered than they disappeared. Right. But one thought that I would say legend wise would be tradition. I would say let's add tradition, not dis- not necessarily legend in terms of the order of Freemasons. Now, Masons don't come after me. I have a lot of respect for you. My father and his father and his father, they were all Masons, so I'm not one. But I will tell you, there are some men during George Washington, our first president of the United Mm -hmm. States, and many of them were Freemasons, and there were some men who had threatened 
during his time to go and tell some of the secrets. And this gentleman was a baker. And people know that bakers like to work late at night because obviously they didn't have the luxuries we have today for central air. So the nights were cooler to be able to work in hot spaces. But something happened with this man that people would know to wake up in the morning. He would wake up work in the middle of the night to have bread ready so people could be ready to get it at 7 in the morning. His shop never opened. The man disappeared. And so there are cases like that, including Hitler. Hitler had his one of his henchmen. The day that Hitler was died, right? I forgot the guy's yeah. name, but there was a guy also who had a situation where he's never found. The guy who was right there, I guess, is number two, um, disappeared. And so where is he? You know, so these are right. – there, there are some – I don't know if they're legends as much as they are – I mean, it's a combination of things. One would say it's a legend. Others would say there's traditions. You know, certain traditions or ritualistic societies also have their own disappearances. And I'm glad um, I'm glad you mentioned. Well, let me, let me, this is going to sound wrong. I'm not I'm not glad you mentioned Hitler, but I want to talk about Hitler for a minute <laughs> because um, when the Russian forces uh, stormed Berlin and they went into the bunker to get Hitler, mm-hmm. they grabbed somebody that they believed was to be a lookalike. They never conducted any tests or anything like that, and so I have done some extensive research on this through time, just because. It's been a, it's been a, an area that's fascinated me when the Nazis have tried to, you know, when they escaped Germany and they went to different places around the world after World War II. Um, and there's evidence suggesting that Hitler did not die when they claimed that he did in Berlin because of Russian forces or because of suicide or anything like that, that he actually escaped days prior to the 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 body double being and, and they were able to trace him to mm-hmm. South America and and Argentina and, and different things like that. So even in something as and of course you know a case like Hitler, you know, I mean, how can Hitler disappear, right? But even in a case like that, do we know a hundred percent that at that time the body they pulled out was Hitler? We wanted to believe right. it, but. Now, as time passes, there's other other evidence to suggest otherwise. And, mm. folks, I want to remind you that we are at the halfway mark of our show, a little bit past the halfway mark of our show, and now's a great time to call in if you'd like. The number is 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. You can always email us your questions or comments or requests at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. FrightTalkGuys at gmail.com. You could DM us through Instagram at FrightTalkGuys, at Dr. Billy Jones, or at NTAPSH. Sadeem, out of one just came in. Earl says, I was watching this special on TV about a family that disappeared in Milwaukee. They just left the house and never returned. Their belongings, everything's still in place. These stories really creep me out. Do they do the same for you guys? Those stories definitely creep me out, especially, you know, when it's a whole family that disappears, that actually creeps me out more than when it's just a singular person. Um, I mean, a singular person who disappears because they want to disappear is one thing. Unfortunately, if somebody disappears and they don't want to disappear, they somebody kidnapped them, somebody harmed them, whatever the case is. But when you have an entire family disappear, there is just a lot, a lot going on there. There's this one case in France where this man that was, uh, he was well-to-do, um, I believe he was an attorney, and his family disappeared, and one day he just decided to leave 
the house. Mm-hmm. And then they find uh, an odd smell coming from the house, and his family's buried at the house. But this was a loving family man, and for one moment to the next, his family is gone, and he decided to take off, and they never caught him, as far as I know. And so, oh, wow. yeah, the stories of like the whole family that creeps me out only because you're talking about more people in in the same environment. Yeah, that's very interesting. I didn't know that story at all. That's a crazy story. Wow. But again, I mean, it's no different than uh, uh, what's his name, the guy uh, Ted Bundy. I mean, right. he would kill and go home to his family. I mean, it was yeah. like, wow, like people could very well be very committed to these things. And it's sad because we have enough going on in the world. And the wor- most of the next thing I need to be worried about is disappearing because, due to someone I love. That's scary in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And especially when you're talking about a group of people. Disappearing. Yeah. I have one here for you, Billy. This is from Karen. It says, even when we're out having fun, others are watching or at least get a glimpse of you. Do you think some of the disappearing cases started with situations like this? That's an excellent question, Karen. Mm. Wow, that's that's deep, Karen. That's when deep, and, out, it, and, it, and it makes you. It may, it's creepy because it makes you. Think I know, but now watch. we're thinking, Nadine. Let's think about places we've been together, like. <laughs> Because you know what you said something earlier, Karen. Thank you for this really good question. We're very we're very cognizant of what I mean, we're very aware of what we see. We're very aware. Even if we go to a restaurant, we don't want to sit with our backs to a wall to the nearest door, or like, to, a door. We, to a door. To a door. Like we're very particular, and it's just we live in a major city too, where this anything's possible. So mm-hmm. there's no sense of safety. You know, there's there's a false sense of safety in in a lot of major places. And so I would say to your question. You know, wow, that's uh, can yes. Here's an example, Nadine. When you go to a theme park or a major function, and uh-huh. I'm talking a function where there are lots of people who are not related to you. Okay, if right. you're at a wedding, you're at a, a that's a controlled environment. You're in a uh-huh. classroom, that's a controlled environment, right? You're at work, that's a controlled environment. But but it's still public, but it's controlled environments. But theme parks, fairs, you know, food festivals, any festival, those are they're they're controlled because you have to have admission, but they're still free access. How many people do we capture in videos and footage and photos? And we're like, oh my gosh, look at this man over here. Oh my gosh, the, these are yeah. people we never will know, but yet we never know the significance of our all of us being bound in space and time in that moment. And so that's fascinating. I believe some of these disappearing cases, especially for the females who have disappeared, you know, in, in very right. unique situations, people were watching. Someone was yeah. watching and waiting for the opportune time to take to leap and take the take the advantage. I do. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a stalking situation, right? So, it is stalking. Um, right. It is. And Billy, I know this has happened to you. It's happened to me, mm-hmm. and it's happened to me where I'm somewhere and you just catch somebody staring at you. Yes. Whether they're daydreaming, whether whatever the case is, and I'm going to tell you something, folks. I hope you're listening. I stare right back at you. So if you're just going to sit there and stare at me, the hell with you. I'm going to stare right back at you. No problem with me. But why? Why would you be somewhere doing something? You just have somebody, assuming you're just going about your business, there's nothing that's calling attention. You know, how often has it happened to you, Billy, that you're somewhere and somebody's mm. just randomly staring at you, whether it's male or female? I, it's happened often enough. You're absolutely right. And if often when I, someone stares, it's different when you're sitting in a doctor's office and you look over and like, oh. You, you you make small talk or you you make a nonverbal like hello how are you, 
you know, you make your, your facial, your nonverbal speak, your thoughts. But it's another to have someone just stare. I've had that happen a couple times, not in the recent times, obviously, because we've all been home a lot. But when we were back on ground, yeah, I've been in a story like, wait a minute, you can feel. Human nature tells you something's wrong or on, especially if you're very in tune with nature, even beyond supernature, right? And I think that that's, that's a very critical thing, Karen, that you bring up in, yeah. that, in the sense that people are watching. That's how stalkers prevail. And when you don't show, when you show fear, that's when they win. And that's to the yeah. point. Yeah. And also, also, we have this situation in society that we are so glued to our phones. And so when we're glued to our phones, we're paying even less ten- attention to the world around us. And so that's mm. something that we all have to be, you know, folks, that's something that we all should be uh, more aware of. If you're re- looking at social media, you're looking at a text message, you're looking at your phone while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're someplace public, the more you do that, the more you're that's looking so at your phone the less you are in tune to the environment around you. Yep. I agree. I agree. That's why when I'm walking outside anywhere, the phone is, I'm not looking at the phone. If I'm going to be right. on the, if I, even if I'm walking down the street, no, I'm not going to be on the phone. I need to be aware. What dog may become up. I mean, I know folks, I'm not being pessimistic, but it's just being aware. You just don't know. I mean, even a car can come out of nowhere and just hit you and then run off. I mean, how many cases do we get that, right? Folks who yeah. disappear and then later discover dead because, they were hit, you know, lament their untimely death because of some accident and someone failed to stop. And so right. that's crazy, crazy stuff. Jennifer, Karen, good job. That was a great question. Yeah, job. that was great a job. great question, Karen. Come across here. We got a few more on my side. Okay. All right, Billy, we got one for you here. And this one is, oh, you mentioned this earlier, and we have a Denver, and you know Denver is one of our – uh, yeah. great listeners to the show. So Denver, thank you so much. And we always love your questions and we love reading your questions because they're always so good and so insightful. So Denver uh, asks, Amelia Earhart's missing case is one of the most popular. Absolutely right. What other celebrity missing cases have you guys heard that are just as interesting? Mm, Glenn Miller, uh, you know, in the, in the golden age of, the, of America, now, he was an iconic, um, you know, big band leader. And uh, some, his plane that he was on, he was taking a plane to go over and play for the U.S. troops at that particular time. And somehow his plane disappeared. It disappeared somewhere over the English Channel. And people are, you know, to this day, um, they, you know, the plane was never found. Never found. Never found. And um, it is interesting that they said that there's a, a, co- a cooperator is in question. Listen to this, is in question about the circumstance because they, the, the detective said that um, the history of the of, of, of the, the engine icing up and, and causing crashes it, it was proven to be definite, but there was still speculation, and so there was all these weird things that go on. But then again, here we go again. We're back in the 20th, the early 20th century, and people don't know. Have you heard of a couple stories um, as well? Because I know that Amelia Earhart was a popular. We talked about the other one too, the the one with Hitler. Um, there there are some. I mean, there's some celebrity ones as well. And I tried to stay, right. stay away from those when we were doing our when I was doing my research. And we was trying to not do Jimmy Hoffa, you know, because I know right. Jimmy no, 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 Jimmy Hoffa. We we don't. Yeah, he could stay wherever he's at. Uh, DB Cooper. DB Cooper's ah, a yeah. pirate. Nobody knows whatever happened to DB Cooper. He essentially disappeared but you know something tells me in his case he didn't want to be found um 
based upon his, you know, because of his crimes and stuff like that. So D.B. Cooper, um, yeah, we, we also mentioned uh, Amelia Earhart, which is a very fascinating case. Right. Amelia Earhart. And so, and then, of course, you know, Hoffa, but, you know, we'll leave Hoffa where he's at, wherever he's at. <laughs> uh, I got one for you, Nadine. Here's a new one. Um, oh, interesting one. Susie Quest. My little brother, when he was eight, disappeared into the woods behind my grandparents' farm. Then about three weeks later, after a large search, he was found alive. He was weak and dehydrated. He claims that he saw and heard things in the dark. He hid in the bushes. At one point, he even saw a pack of wolves that he called big dogs, but they never found him. He's still fuzzy on how he ended up, how he ended up where he was. My guess is that he just walked until he got tired. But here comes the question. Why do little kids wander off like that? I think, first of all, wow, that's quite the story, um, especially yeah, three weeks a, is a wow. long time. Three weeks is a long time in the woods for for anybody, and even more so for a little kid that may not even have their, to know how to survive there. And, and I, as far as the wandering off, Susie, it was Susie, right? Susie, as Susie as, Quest. Susie Quest. As, as far as the wandering off, uh, I think it just has to do with inquisitive mind, Susie, you know, and, and the innocence of the the mind of a child because if you're you know if they find something interesting and the same way they could be in a mall and they see something interesting and they kind of walk off to investigate it more and by the time they turn around maybe they're further than what they think so i i think it just has to do with this manner of you know innocence and just curiosity as adults we go past a certain level when we want to explore something and then we're like okay let me let me find my way back right or let me get back to where i was where i think that Kids don't have that switch or may not have that switch. And so they're just trying to explore, which unfortunately could lead to the situations like you experienced, Susie. And wow, that, that's quite the survival story because three weeks is a very long time to be in the wilderness. And then obviously being dehydrated and having the lack of nutrition will make your mind, uh, I'm not going to say hallucinate, but you, you're not, you won't have all your faculties. Especially with the dehydration yeah. portion. Yeah, it's kids are kids. Even when they're small, they they don't have a sense of the socialization of the world. So we have to keep our eye on them. We have to keep them posted. But he was eight, you know, about the age of my nephews, and he's aware. But they can still be lured, folks. Look how many strangers lure kids into cars and walk into bus stops or in Walmart and and keep people men trying to take. I've seen a couple of cases of men trying to take a child from the store, and the parents just feed away. And so kids are more impressionable, but so are the creepers. The creepazoids are just as creepy. They are, they're there and they're watching. goes back to Karen's question, Susie Quest. But this was interesting because I think at that end of the day, you know, especially when you're living in large properties, things like that, you got to watch anybody. I don't think anyone should be venturing yeah. anywhere. I don't care how much property and how much woods yeah. there and how much you've grown there. You should still be aware and people should be aware of what you're up to because if something happens, someone needs to know where to start. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Billy. And I know that there's that idea that because, you know, you have this vast amount of space or it's a ranch or a farm or you, there's a lot of acres. And I know it's okay to explore, but you have to explore with safety, especially if you're uh, uh, younger, you have a younger sibling that wants to explore. There, there should be a group of adults with that sibling. Uh, folks, 
last call for a call in at 347-539-5372, 347-539-5372. We still have a ton of questions floating in, and we're going to try to answer and get to all of them uh, before the show is over. So if you'd like to email any more questions, you are more than welcome to or comment or request everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com, frighttalkguys at gmail.com, or you can message us on Instagram at frighttalkguys, at Dr. Billy Jones, or at ntapsh. And Billy, I have one here for you, and this is from Tom. And Tom says, when I was a teenager back in the early 2000s, a neighbor's daughter went missing and was never heard from since. I must admit, their family was a bit strange. We could hear screams and arguments some nights. The police were called over several times. Have you heard of similar stories in your hometown? Yes, I have. I have. Not necessarily in my in my in my street, but in my neighborhood. When I was growing up, there were a few case, a couple cases, and only two where there were family um, strange disappearance of a son. One was the case of a son, and the other was the case of a daughter who disappeared, but the family had some strange circumstances that were never resolved that ended up with legal pursuit and in, in, in law enforcement involvement, in family divorce. Yes, it, it, it has happened. And I think that those particular cases, when I, now that I look back at it, I'm like, my goodness, imagine being a child in a house like that. That's a lot to unpack. And so... Unfortunately, yes, I do. I, I can relate to a couple of those. What about you? Well, I, you know, in the neighborhood where I grew up, um, it was a transient uh, area, uh, area. So there was, you know, it, it was not in a good neighborhood. Um, there was a few abandoned homes. And you hear stories about the abandoned homes. I cannot remember of any story in particular of anybody going missing but the neighborhood was so bad that people usually kept inside to their homes. I mean, we would go out and we'd play football during the day, but the moment that the sun started trying to escape, everybody went back indoors because it was a bad neighborhood. So I didn't remember, I don't recall any stories in particular of some, whether it was a child or an adult, uh, going missing, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Nadim, Havana Gill 51 just asked, hey. what about the- but what about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre true storyline? Yeah. That's yeah. a very good one. And and I, that well, and that's based on, I mean, that not only that, but you know, Edward Gain, which we're gonna cover at some point, his mm-hmm. story, the Texas Chainsaw storyline kind of overlaps in his world as well as with some elements of psycho. And there's another Havana Gill question or comment. It says, I can't remember the, his name, but the guy that stole a bunch of money and jumped from an airplane in a parachute then disappeared. D.B. Cooper. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I mentioned earlier, D.B. Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, but but Gil, in that case, he didn't want to be found, and I wouldn't either. <laughs> he, that was that was on purpose. He didn't want to be found. Uh, yeah, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be found either. I mean, to this day, do people actually know who D.B. Cooper really was? I don't believe they do. But, um, yeah, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, obviously, you know, it it spawned into a few movies, but how close those movies are to what actually transpired. And I think there's a lot of cases like that, Billy, where um, sometimes we, we see the movie and we're like, we forget that in some of these cases, they were actually built around 
real stories, right? Or you mentioned the Blair Witch. Gil mentioned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But they're built around these real stories of of disappearances. They are. They are. And Steph Steph 77 just said, great show topic. And she asked a question we answered kind of earlier, but it reads, are there more women than men cases of disappearances in America? I think they're evenly distributed. What about you, Nadine? I, so I, I'm not sure. I, I would think that they're equally distributed, but remember how we were talking earlier in the show when it comes to, and it's my belief that you might find more, uh, men in the whole, well, I want to go and, and just explore and be on my own and this and that, and I want to kind of disappear. And, you know, I mean, maybe, or go into the wilderness, whatever, maybe that's more common among men uh, if they're doing it themselves, right? If they're doing it because out of because they want to. When it comes to involuntarily disappearing, which a lot of people involuntarily disappear, um I don't know. I, I would think it's even. I don't know if it's I, – I really don't know the numbers, so I wouldn't be able to tell you if it's more male or female. Um, I don't – I'm really just not sure. I would think that the situation that we're talking about where you could be somewhere and somebody's staring at you and you're not realizing, I, I would think that that happens more to women as opposed to men. But I guess it just also depends on the area you're in. Hmm. Well said. I agree to that. Definitely agree to that. Let's see if I, I think my list here. We've got a couple more in my list. How about you? I have one more for you, Billy, okay. and this is from Ryan. He says, I like watching YouTube video disappearances. Which one is more creepy, watching those videos or reading the story about the disappearances? Ooh, I think the video footage is so much. The, video, the, video, the visual literacy is so much more impactful. And so when you can see it, like it goes back to that Cecil Hotel story where you can see that woman's last yeah. moments. It's like, wow, there is a moment and nobody was around to help, right? So there is this moment of despair that I feel as a viewer, like, wow, this actually is happening. We're capturing the last raw footage of someone's life, right? And so it's, it's, I think it's much, for me, much more impactful to watch it video-wise Reading them is one thing, but watching it and seeing the live video footage is another. Yeah, I, I agree with that. When you're reading the story, it's what your mind is piecing together, which could be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're actually seeing the video, you're like, oh, and if it's a, you know, if it's not a reenactment, even if it is, but when it's not a reenactment, it's the real deal, Holyfield. You're like, oh, wait a second, I just saw that that person was. This is their that video you're seeing. That's their last known location. You know, so I, I do think that is a creepier element, Ryan, when you're seeing the video. Mm. Here comes some rapid fire questions here. <laughs> okay. My pet disappeared for over over my my pet disappeared over for over two weeks. He's a beagle, and we hardly ever let him out unless he's to do his business. We don't have a fence around our property. Do we feel the same about human disappearances as we do about pet disappearances? It depends on who you are. You know, my baby is my dog, right? So my my fur baby. You know, I don't have I don't have children. I have my fur baby, and it's my dog. So that's gonna obviously impact me more because I don't have the children. I I would <laughs> I would assume if somebody has a child and their child disappears, that would be much more impactful to them than their mm-hmm. pet. But um, I do love my pet, 
So I think it just depends on the individual. I would hope that somebody would feel worse that their child disappeared as opposed to their pet disappearing. Billy, I'm, I I hope you would agree. <laughs> I agree. Okay. I agree. I agree. And here's, here's another one from Jennifer. I sometimes, Jennifer says, I sometimes like to get lost, disconnect from the world and just be in my space. Is this good? Is it good to disconnect when we can suddenly turn up missing? It's a good question. Jennifer, yeah, that's a great that's question. That's a very Jennifer, good question. And, and Jennifer, and I get your need for disconnecting. Because sometimes so much stuff is going on. We're always connected with our phones and our devices. And sometimes you just need to disconnect. But, Jennifer, let me suggest something to you. And everybody has their own safe space, right, or whatever they want to do. You don't necessarily need to be somewhere that is unsafe or unknown to disconnect. Okay? You can disconnect in your own home if you choose to. Right? You could turn off your phone. You could turn off your devices. You could take off some days from work if you're eligible to. And you can disconnect without putting yourself in any type of harm's way. You don't have to go to the woods is what I'm saying to disconnect. Because uh, I don't think that that's a safe uh, alternative. Um, so I think for, for safety reasons, right, for your own safety, I, mm-hmm. I would think that you can disconnect in your own home. And I think that's very possible. I mm-hmm. think that if we, if you, we stop, uh, you know, if we put down the phone, turn it off, turn off the devices, but let people – let your loved ones know, hey, listen, I just need some time for myself. I'm going to do a staycation, but I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to have my phone off or whatever the case is, you know, or put it on uh, silent and just check it, you know, once every two days or whatever the case is. But I would suggest, Jennifer, it's not a bad thing to disconnect, but just do it in a safe way. Mm. And then last one is from Scotty. He says, thank you for bringing us great episodes. You're welcome, Scotty. He says, you guys really cover neat topics. How do you go about selecting your topics? So, oh, Scotty, you know what? Nadim and I, because we're like, we're like, listen, Mutt and Jeff here, you know, we are so M&M together, and we just are fascinated. So we really just go with the flow and a lot of the mm-hmm. topics. So, yeah, we may plan out the year, but sometimes things come up and we just slide them in. So, um, Nadim, when we, our creative process is very special because it's, 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 it's not rehearsed, but it's no. planned. Does Correct. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe it. I'd love to hear your point. So, no, I mean, <laughs> folks, for you guys listening, we never practice our podcast or anything right. like that. We just do it. We discuss the topics, and Billy is the one who comes up with a lot of great topics. But just so you know, the topics we come up with are from Billy's brain and mine. So, you know, sometimes if somebody suggests a topic and we're like, okay, our listeners want to want to hear it, we'll, we'll definitely, most definitely uh, plan for it. But it's just kind of like a topic will come up and then Billy and I say, where can we go with it? And then we have that brief discussion and it's more like, are we feeling it? Okay, let's do it. Um, so you could thank the mind of Dr. Billy Jones <laughs> for a lot of the topics. And you can think the mind of Mr. Nadine Pat Taps for a lot of the topics. And folks, we thank you for listening to our show. Uh, our next show is scheduled two weeks from tonight. We hope I know we know you'll join us. Not hope we know you will join. We us. know right, that's Nadine? right. Yeah, we have absolutely. a really good topic. You want to tell what the topic is, Nadine, for 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 the twenty first? 
Hold on. Let is me, it the 21st? Me... Wait, the 4th, 21st. Wait, yeah, hold on. It is, it's May 21st. Yes, it is. Wait, hold on. Hit me up with it, Billy. I didn't, it is I didn't have the Curtis guess. Mansion. <laughs> oh, the Curtis Mansion. Yes, yes, yes. The Curtis Mansion, which, by the way, Billy and I have planned on going to. So we already made our plans that we will be going to the Curtis Mansion. So that should be very, very interesting. And, folks, thank you for listening to our segment tonight. Tune in for other episodes available on Everyday Folks Radio, on Apple Play, and on also Google Podcasts. We are here, we're ready, and we're the Fright Talk guys. Until next time, take care and stay safe. And don't disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Good night.